As we have uh, kind of journeyed through all this, uh, uh, this we've, we've navigated towards or just found our way towards this phrase of not being 30 years old, but being 30 years fresh. And I think there's something about that that um, is vital, uh, that you've been married, you know, you could be married for six years, eight years, ten years, and, and have a stale relationship. Uh, you can have a stale relationship with God. You can have a stale uh, relationship with work or with friends or whatever. But to, to actually lean in to keeping things fresh, to be intentional about that. Um, and so we have, uh, we have thought about this idea of our church being not just 30 years old, but literally 30 years fresh. 30 years. Um, it's kind of a long time. And, um, and it's, I think when you get to a 30-year mark, it's, it's a good time. I always like to reminisce and look back and be grateful. And I can think of all the times that God's grace was amazing and sufficient and how he helped us and how he provided and how he just did incredible things um, in our midst. And I think it's good and important for us to actually look back and remember God's faithfulness because more than likely you're facing something now that you will want to be able to remember God's faithfulness in the past so that you can face this with confidence and with faith. And so it's good to look back, but I think it's, it's, uh, it's maybe better to look forward. Amen. And, uh, and I know that based on God's faithfulness in the past, I can trust his faithfulness in the future. It's crazy how we can look to the future and sometimes be afraid or sometimes be concerned or, or you know, think, oh, gosh, things are so bad in this world and there's so much going on and there's so much darkness or there's something happening to us or uh, that we're facing ourselves. And a big piece of, of approaching all this with faith is being grateful for God. You're going to be faithful in the future just like you were faithful in the past. I know you can be trusted. I know I've got stories of your faithfulness. And as I look to the future, I may not know how, but I know that you will. You are a way maker. Come on. A promise keeper. And, and so uh, what I love about God is God is eternally the same, but he's also eternally fresh. Uh, and uh, a favorite verse of mine that I think is a good uh, place for us to start today talking about what we want to talk about is Isaiah 42 verse 9 that says behold the former things have come to pass are you glad some stuff is just over now yeah. are you glad some people are just out of your world now <laughs> are you you know we can all look back and go thank God that's over and the truth is everything comes to pass whether it's a good thing it comes to pass or bad things come to pass that's why you don't want to make dumb decisions in a winter season that you're going to regret in a summer season that's why you don't want to you don't want to you know make a judgment in the middle of a storm because the sun is going to shine again and so you got to remember that things come to pass and he says but what I love about this verse is he says, so now 
I declare new things. Before they spring forth, I proclaim them to you. So sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise from the end of the earth. And I, I love this idea that there are new songs. There are new proclamations that need to be made. That new seasons need new language. New seasons needs new looks. New seasons need new strategies. This great quote of T.S. Eliot, he says, for last year's words belong to last year's language, and next year's words await another voice. And, I, you know, there's language that belongs to a past season, but it doesn't fit anymore. There's, there are looks that, uh, that belong to another season, but they don't fit anymore. What looks good in one season looks dated in another right? It looks stale in another season. This past uh, Thursday, Suzette and I celebrated our 38th wedding anniversary. 38 years we've been married. Pretty good. And, uh, and this picture is from uh, the day we got married, 38 years ago. So now my wife is like Jesus. She's eternally beautiful gorgeous, fresh together. When we took this picture, I promise you that tux was awesome then. <laughs> so I, I posted this on Facebook and somebody made a comment that that tux looked like a matrimony magician. Anybody think I ought to grow the mustache back again? Yeah. Too bad. Not going to happen. Uh, but my, my point is, there's st this is one of the reasons I'm not a, I don't personally like tattoos, because that stuff you thought looked good 30 years ago. Anyway, I'm not against tattoos, but I don't have one. Uh, so I just lost half of you, sorry. <laughs> but what I, wanna, what I want us to understand is that look and language are powerful. Uh, and so we've been on this journey uh, this past year uh, trying to understand what is our assignment, what are we called to stay true to, uh, and what has God given us as the Rock Church to, to do and to be and the voice we're supposed to have uh, in this area and around the world, really. Uh, and so, so we're, we've been drilling down on that, but we're looking for new ways to say it and new ways to, to show it, um, evaluating what's true to the core of our church. But we really wanted to find what are, the, what are some fresh ways to say this. And there's, there's values that you just want to hang on to. They're always fresh. Like, I mean, you know, loyalty is always a good thing. It's a, it's a, that's always in style, <laughs> loyalty. Integrity is a good thing. Generosity is a good thing. Love, it's always a good thing. Faith is a good thing. Joy is a good thing. Boldness is a good thing. Always good, 
always fresh, always in style. The mission stays the same, but our methods have to keep changing. And, and part of method changing is understanding what is language that fits who we are 2019, moving in close to 2020, and how do we keep moving forward as a church? So, so a couple ideas. One is that some identifying words or ideas or concepts that, that, that help our church be what it is and who, and you understand, I'm not just talking about an organization, I'm talking about you and me. We are the church. It's not, just, it's not just some kind of bureaucracy thing. It's what you and I are all about, what you and I do. So the idea of connection, the idea of the, having the right mindset, the idea of having great experience, great experiences um, is, is so important to us. Connection is a powerful thing. We is better than me. I said, we is better than me. If you don't learn that lesson, you're going to have a hard life. Together is better than isolated. And there are so many forces at work in this world that want to push all of our buttons to cause us to become more and more isolated. Uh, you know, we got hurt uh, we got disappointed, something didn't meet our expectations, maybe our personality is a little more introverted, or there's any, just, any number of things that can just help us go more and more isolated, and that is exactly what the enemy would love for you to do, is to get more, I, I think to repent means to change your mind about something, and I think a lot of people need to, in, need to repent of getting isolated, that they're just trying to do life alone, which is not any way that God ever intended for you to live. And so we are committed to connection through the local church. Uh, there, there is the global church, the big C church, all over the world. You could travel to another country, you'd meet somebody that uh, has given their life to Jesus and and tries to live by the word of God and and you're going to find a connection you're going to you know no matter if they speak a different language or from a different culture you just feel this connection the big C church is a beautiful thing but the, the local church a church in a locality a local setting a body of believers a family a community we we really believe that God has given us the local church as a place of connection. In the local church, in a church, you get connected to God. That's a good thing. But also in a local church, you get connected to people. You get connected to people who will love you, who will dream with you, people who may sometimes call you on something, people who will encourage you, people who will help you get back up again. It's a beautiful thing that can happen, and that's what God wants to have happening in our church, we get connected to God, we get connected to people, we get connected to purpose, we get connected to promise, and there's just this incredible um, power that is put into this beautiful idea, this dream of God called church. 
Church is God's idea. And, and you gotta re, you got to remember that and understand that he gave us church. So church being together, we, in other words, when we pray together, something incredible happens. Now, I'm a big believer in having a, a personal prayer life and having a personal worship life, having a personal time with God. Probably 98% of every morning that I ever get up, I will get up, I will read my Bible, I will have a prayer time, I will worship God, that will happen. But I promise you there is nothing, even though I do that on almost a daily basis, there is still nothing like getting together with my church and worshiping God. There, there's no substitute for that. One is not a substitute for another. You gotta have both, boss. Praying together, worshiping together, serving together, gathering together. We live in an age that is so full of disconnect. Even though we have all these ways to connect, we are more and more disconnected. And people, you know, you have, you have friends on Facebook or you, you have followers on Instagram or you follow someone on Instagram. But the truth is, there's no real connection. There's nobody who feels you, who, who knows you, who is connected to you. Come on, we all just post our highlight reels, right? And, and so we got to understand that our world is moving, even though there's more ways to kind of connect, we're actually more disconnected than we've ever been. And we're committed to this idea of real, vital connection. So I've said this for years, but church is not just a meeting you attend. Church, church, is, church is a life we share. Church is a, is a family, a community that we become part of. And I would say that there's still a decent number of people in our church that come to meetings, but they're not a part of the family. So they attend the meeting every other week, every other month, or sometimes every week, although I don't know if anybody comes every week anymore. But church is not just this place that we go to a meeting. God has called us to, to do this together, right? This idea of connection is, and it's not a you should, it's a you get to, right? It's, it's a gift that God gives us. And we have to, the thing is, if we're going to connect, we got to actually get together to connect, I run into people all the time in, in our town. They'll go, hey, Pastor Kirk, I, I love your church. I'll say, when's the last time you've been? Oh, I think it was last Easter. And, um, and, and, they, and, they're, and they're thinking, like, this, we are their church. And I'm thinking, that's not what the idea is about. Just a place that you look to occasionally. The idea of mindset, which I won't spend much time on today because I want to talk more about this connection thing in a moment. 
So connection, mindset, and experience, and, and I've taught on this forever, but you, your approach, your attitude, your perspective, your outlook, unbelievably important. And to get a biblical outlook on life, to have, to, to have your life get transformed by renewing your mind to what God says about you is unbelievably important. Your perspective is enormous. So if you're, if you're pulling your phone out and you're about ready to take a selfie, how many of you know that if you, if you do a selfie this way, you look a little thinner than if you go this way? Like, what's the difference between this and this? About 50 pounds, right? Three chins. Um, Because your perspective matters a lot. And then the idea of of experience, that when we we gather, that we're we're here for an experience. God's not just an idea. God's not just a set of thoughts or theology, and I'm not against ideas. I love ideas, and I love theology. Church is not just an idea. The experience matters a lot. The experience that happens in the room together is absolutely vital for us to live the life God's called us to live. You're not going to get this experience watching on YouTube or Facebook Live. Now, I understand. I think it's good to have that. Sometimes people are sick. They can't come. Sometimes people are away. Uh, they can't make it to church, and they want to stay connected. I understand. But I promise you, we're worshiping in this room. I'm back in this little room just getting myself ready to come out and speak. The experience in that room is very different than the experience in this room. It's just a few feet away. It's not very far at all. It's all in the same building. But something about being in the same room together, the experience together, is you got to get how important that is. So, so we put, and I'm just talking about language that we want to be using. We put a lot of effort into representing Jesus well and to giving life through every experience. Because we, we want to build a church that connects people to Jesus. We want to build a church that inspires a mindset of hope in people's lives. We want to build a church that equips people to pursue God's very best in every arena of their life. So when we get together on Sundays, we don't just kind of get together and let's just see what happens. No, we put a lot of effort into making it right. When we have these mega worship nights that we had Wednesday night, we're not just kind of saying, oh, what song you want to do now? Anybody got a request? Um, No, I mean, we put a lot of effort into making the experience a great experience. We do a men's event, we do a women's event, we do a Christmas Eve outreach, even a small group setting. We want to put effort into that to make the experience. 
Here's another set of language that I think is vital for us. And you would recognize it's true. We call people to action in an environment of grace. Anybody glad for the grace of God? Come on. It is, it's a beautiful thing to know that it's not about how good I am. It's about how good he is. It's a beautiful thing to know that Jesus paid the price for everything on the cross. It is finished. I am a product of the grace of God. You are a product of the grace of God. I love the grace of God. But I also find that sometimes people misunderstand what it means to walk in grace and they don't, they don't recognize that action creates things and that, that the way we choose. So, so the truth is, we want to teach people that there's nothing you could do that would make God love you more. There's nothing you could do that would make God love you less. But if you make choices, you're free to make that choice, but you're never going to be free of the consequence of that choice. So just like Jesus, we love people just like they are, right where they are, but we also know that God loves us enough to not leave us right where we are. Come on. You know, <laughs> you know there's stuff in you that needs to get better. So we don't, so we always want the environment of our church to be, we're never going to judge anyone for where they are, or where they've come from. But we are going to encourage everybody to take a step forward, to keep moving forward in life, keep moving toward God. Here's what I believe. We can get better. We can live better. We, not only can we make things better in our own life, but we can make things better in this world for somebody else. Our church, just like any other church that would grab a hold of this idea, we can make Asheville a better place. And it's not in an effort to earn God's approval. But it's because we're absolutely certain of God's approval. It just kind of sets you free. When all of a sudden you realize, you know what, I'm going to try something new, which means I'm probably going to mess up because I've never done it before. But it doesn't matter because God loves me. He loved me before I tried. He loves me while I'm trying. He'll teach me something new. And I'm just living in the approval of God. It's a beautiful place. Thank you, seven of you like that idea. That's beautiful. We're interested in the quality of life that people live on this side of heaven. Right? Our goal every Sunday is, I got two things that I, that I want to accomplish every Sunday. Number one is I want to make sure that everybody that ever comes into this building sits in a service in any, of any kind, our church, that they have a real opportunity to open their heart to Jesus. Everything we do, I just want to give people an opportunity because you don't know what's going on. People can act like everything's together, but everything could really be falling apart. Every Sunday, I want to make sure that people are getting an opportunity to give their heart to Christ, to surrender to Jesus. But also, every Sunday, I want everybody to walk out of here going, there's hope for me. God is for me. I can make it. I can. Things can get better. You're not going to hear a lot of condemnation around here. 
but you're going to hear a lot of encouragement. A blessed life in a blessed place is God's original intention for you and me, and we're going to preach that and teach that for, forever. We want to make sure everybody gets to heaven, but I also want to make sure some heaven gets to us. So we started talking about kind of two, if you will, uh, brand promises, if, if I can use that terminology, for our church. They're just a true, like you're going to find this at the core of who we are. One is pursue always. We're just, we're just never going to settle. We're just going to keep moving forward, keep trying, and, and understanding this, that the future is in front of you. It's not going to be found in the past. It's not going to be found looking in your rearview mirror. The future is in front of you. And in the reaching for the future, we're becoming something better. The second promise, and I talked about that last week. The second promise that I want to talk about for a few moments is this concept of all together. Everybody say, all together. So, I am convinced that church matters a lot. I don't care what CNN says. I don't care what some disgruntled Christian says. I I just believe church is God's idea. And church matters. Our church matters to this city. We're not the only church, for sure. There's a lot of great churches in our city. But church matters for you. And being part of a church family matters. I don't believe anybody can fulfill God's best for their life if they're not part of a church family. I said, I don't believe anybody can fulfill God's best for their life if they're not part of a church family. And the community of people that are in your life matters a lot because if you're surrounded by negative bitter resentful people it's going to be hard for you to be everything you can be but you start getting around somebody that's full of faith and life and joy and encouragement and strength and faith and hope and they're with you, and there's no telling where your life could go. See, all together means every person has a part to play. Every person has been gifted by God to do something that contributes to the church family. It's not just attend a meeting and say, that's my church. That's not what it's about. I don't think it's biblically what it's about. The beauty of this is 
everyone has a chance to make a difference. Regardless of what your past has been, God can use you to make a difference. Wow. Regardless, amen, regardless of your present set of circumstances, God can use you by cooperating, by functioning, by moving beyond just attending. I understand people just start attending for a while. That's how you get started. But eventually, all together means all together. Come on. Amen. I know. So... I realize some of you are loving this and some of you are going, get off my toes now. And, uh, and I'm not going to because I love you too much. And I love the purpose of God too much. We are better together. Life is better together. Church is better when we're together. Family is better when we're together. I know what you're thinking. You don't know my Uncle Joe. You wouldn't be saying that. But work is better when we do it together. Hey, listen. A party is better when we do it together. Together is always better. It's not always easier, but it's better. It's not always faster. But it's better. And I just I want to say that eventually, if you keep going for the alone faster and the alone might be easier, dear, there's gonna come a day where you find yourself painted in a corner called alone, called lonely. That's not gonna be better. When God was creating the world, he created, he spoke, and things came into existence. Wow. He spoke, and there were animals. He said, that's good. He spoke, there was vegetation. That's good. Every day, God spoke, there was that good. First thing, God said wasn't good. First thing, Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. Alone is not good. I'm going to make him a helper suitable for him. Alone is not good. Together is better. Alone is not good. Your head does crazy things when you're alone. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. You might think you're the only one thinking all that stupid stuff. No, everybody. Alone, not good for your head. Not good for your heart. Not good for your life. Alone is not good, but together is better. Right? Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two are better. Everybody say better. Better. Two are better. It's coming up any minute now. Ecclesiastes 4.9, thank you for working together with me on this. Uh, Two are better than one. 
because they have a good return for their labor. There's this exponential thing that happens. It's called synergy. When two people work together, it's more than just two plus one plus one. There, there's this, this exponential increase that happens when together takes place. Life is better. Hey, listen, life is better when you locate your tribe, when you locate your family. There's a part of your future that isn't in you. It's going to be found in somebody else. And we just all like, I just want to do it myself. No, there's a piece of wisdom in somebody that you're never going to get. There's a perspective in somebody. Hey, there's a connection. Listen, I, I believe that the, sometimes the difference in seasons is who likes you now. Because who likes you can open a door for you that you can never open yourself. I've played golf on some of the most amazing golf courses that I would never, ever in my life have been able to get on. But because of a friendship, a relationship, a, a bud... He's opened the door for me to go places I never could have done. No amount of money, no amount of pleading, but a relationship, a together connection opened the door. Let me try to finish this real quick. The book of Acts, chapter 2. It's an environment that the Holy Spirit comes into. Acts 2 verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together. Somebody say all. Let's try it again. Somebody say all All. together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And and the result of this was Peter got up, preached a message, and 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus. When I look at this passage, there's a lot of things to consider, but I want us to look at this. The Holy Spirit loves certain environments, just like you and I do. There's places I go, I go, I like this place. I like this restaurant. I like this. It's just a place, it's an environment. It just has the, passes the smell test, right? The Holy Spirit just like you and me in that there's certain things that he's drawn, environments he's drawn to. And this environment was this. They were gathered. They were together. They were praying. I'm for this. Let's quit trying to do church in the power of man and let's start leaning more and more into doing church in the power of the holy spirit come on
And that's an interesting phrase, this in the, in the original language. This idea is almost like together they were together. Together they were togethering. Because it's possible for all of us to be in the same room, but maybe not be together. But if we're rarely in the same room, it's hard to really be together. All together, gathered together, worshiping, gathered together, praying, gathered together, expectant. God moved. That's what I want. We're going to take a moment and just worship God for a minute. And then I want to pray with you. So our team is coming. Why don't you stand with me? Let's take a moment. Just give this your best for the next few moments. Come on, let's sing this out together. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. Come on, all together, let's lift our voices. Sing it again. Not for a minute. 
Would you bow your heads, please? Maybe close your eyes. Lord, I want to pray in this moment. There's a lot of us that would have things that would want to push us towards isolation. We'd miss your very best. I'm praying, God, I'm praying for hearts to be healed. I'm praying for disappointments to just be put aside. Expectations, God, just let go of hurts that may have just told us never going to do that again. Would you heal us? Would you help us? Would you draw us together, God? Would you help us in a healthy way, in, in, a, in a godly way, in a righteous way, in a, in a living way? Would you help us to do life together? With your head bowed, your eyes closed, maybe you're here today, you've never Surrender to Jesus. You just, you never really open your heart to him. And I just want to pray with you. That's where the connection really all starts. And that's the most important connection of our life. Maybe you're here today and you can look back to a time where you used to be so close to God, but you're not there right now and you know it. If you're honest with your own self in this moment, you go, I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I could be. I'm not where I know I should be. I would love to pray with you today. Or maybe you're just here and it's all new to you or maybe you've been around for a while, but you, you don't have this sense of confidence. My life is in the hands of God. And I'm, I feel secure. I feel strong. I feel right. I feel confident about where I stand with God. I want every person that walks out of this room to have this sense that my life is in the hands of an incredibly loving, powerful, wise, always for me God. So if you're not there, you've never gone there, you've fallen away from it, you feel unsure, and just in this moment, you just want to pray. I'd love to pray with you. Would you just lift your hand right now and say, that's me, Pastor, would you pray for me? All over this room, God bless you. Come on, anybody else, just say yes, God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. This isn't any kind of condemnation on anybody. This is just an open door. An open door of grace, an open door of love, an open door. God bless you, sir. Come on, anybody else that just would say yes. I just, I want my life in the hands of God. Let's pray this prayer together. Thank you for all the hands all over the room. This is for you, but let's all pray it together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus. I need you, I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning as I surrender to you. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.